We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo. With your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. Today is Thursday, February 16th. Thank you guys so much for locking in, whether you're watching this on YouTube, whether you're listening to this on several, one or several uh, podcasting platforms. Appreciate you all. Um, like I said, well, I'm taping this late on Tuesday night, so hopefully I don't get confused when I'm taping this, nor my guest, uh, recurring guest. I know you love when I say that too, recurring guest. Joe from Queens a, at Buffalo Wins on Twitter. What's up, buddy? I'm, I'm a special, I think I maybe have used this example before, but I'm going to use it again. I'm a special attraction. Like, we love to talk about wrestling. I'm like <laughs> Andre the Giant that comes into the territory. Like, you know, Aaron Quinn and, and you know, Yurden Yer, is like Hulk Hogan. Aaron Quinn's like, you know, Barry Horowitz, like they're always going to be there in the territory. And then I come in as Andre the Giant and I'm like, ah, I'm going to, you know, eat some people and then I'm going to leave and then go to a different territory. That's <laughs> that's kind of how I am. I got to ask you real quick before you start plugging things, because I know that's what you said. And I, you know, I don't listen to you. What's up with the bears behind you in the video? Is that new? Like the, the two bears behind it's you? It's old. And then I got rid of it for a while, but then I brought it back. I, I know this is going to sound well, I've said this once on the show before, but a lot of people probably didn't hear it. I'll tell you, man. And it's a little, sounds a little cheesy and mushy, but honestly, oh. that if you're watching this, by the way, on YouTube, um, make sure you subscribe at that like button because we are working on building up uh, our subscriber count. It just went over a thousand subscribers, fact, on the YouTube channel. But anyway, what Joe's referring to, if you're watching this on the video side, I have a uh, picture of two bears behind me. They're symbolic to me. The big bear is me, the fat guy, the big fat guy. <laughs> and the little bear, even though he's bigger and stronger than me at this point, is my son, Shane. And if you notice in the video, they got their backs to each other. It's because they're watching each other's backs. So that's where this, where it's oh, symbolic for cool. me. It's like, I'm watching his back. He's always watching mine. So I figured, you know, I just, it caught my eye when I was, I think it was maybe at Hobby Lobby or something about six months or so. I guess I, you know what, this, that's what this reminds me of. So. Put it up there. Plus, it's blue, and I kind of, you know, they got a lot of blue going on here in the background and stuff like that. I just I, felt I like it's a good fit. I, I dig, as someone who's a producer, I dig your background. It's a very, 
you, I, th- I see you put a lot of thought in it, way more thought into this than giving me a rundown because you give me nothing when we come on here except like <laughs> I a, don't a note don't. on a bar napkin like oh we're gonna talk about this but like you everything to a T from the lava lamp which is kind of weird to is that EJ Man oh that's Josh Allen behind you it looked like EJ Manuel from where I am you do a you very good we've job we've never talked about it. since you know what since you since you brought it up here and, no uh, I don't want to talk about my TV never, career we- if you're about to- no, 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 but you know, All people, right. you know, the background and stuff like that, just for, sure. you want to know what's going on. So uh, I'll tell you, man. And again, if you were listening, I'm sorry, if you listen on this audio, go check out the video later. But anyway, I'll make this quick. Yeah, yeah. I do have a blue lava lamp, Josh, uh, the talking Buffalo logo, a couple mics up um, on the desk. I have this little notepad. It's a, a Bill's mafia, like notepad, which I actually do <laughs> use a, a coffee cup. Check this out. This is one of my this is one of my favorite things. I got to stay on top of the mic because again, not everyone's watching this. This is a, one of those pop buckle dolls. I'll I'll sure. put it up close here. You can see it here. Whitney, Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. I'm you I know it. my favorite female singer. Favorite not even female, just maybe can my I, favorite singer all time. Hmm? We may have talked about this before with Whitney. Like, like I. <sighs> You want to know like the definition of like bittersweet? It's like when people talk about the anthem that she sang at Super Bowl twenty five because it's like it is great, and then I'm like, my God, it's like basically before like one of the most traumatic things of my life as a kid as, as Super Bowl sure. twenty five. Like couldn't couldn't she have done it like twenty nine? <laughs> like we were <laughs> out of it, or if we God forbid we won one, you know? And I always I always think about that whenever I'm also like, oh it was a great it's a great anthem. Besides being you know. the Bills' first Super Bowl, by the way, she also said that it was in the, in the during the midst of uh, the Persian Gulf War, too. Anyway, sure. so I got three bobbleheads behind me, too. Jim Kelly, Marv Levy, and Fred Smurlis. And I just always, Fred Smurlis? Wow. Yeah. Look at Fred, man. Wow. That's, a, that's awesome. Yeah. Was Fred Smurlis, you know, you're old. Was Fred Smurlis better than Kyle Williams? No. Kyle so. Williams is better. So you would you I would pick Kyle Williams. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I would pick Kyle right. Williams. Um, as you can right. tell, by the way, Joe said there's not really a lot of notes when I we get him on the show, yeah, and this is pretty evident really early. This is so chaos always ensues. We are gonna talk. I do have a couple notes, so don't, don't let him completely lie to you. Um, we're gonna have some bills takeaways. I want to get some of your bills takeaways. I've been talking about a couple of mine for the past week or so. So We'll talk about a couple of your biggest takeaways now that the Super Bowl is over, now that the season is officially over. Um, just, again, your biggest takeaways from the season and maybe going into the offseason. We'll talk about that a little bit. I also want to spend at least a couple minutes talking about an AFC East that I think, and again, we'll get more into this shortly. Uh, I think the AFC East is going to be a bloodbath next year. I really, truly do, man. I think all these teams are going to be much better, especially the Jets. And again, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Before that, though, so next week, and I, and I do, I got to plug this, and I'm not, you know what, for as often as I've done this podcast now, which, by the way, part of the, what I'm plugging is next week is five years, I'm doing this podcast for five Jesus. years come next week. I always hate self-promoting and plugging. I really do. It's, at least on this show. It just, it bothers me. I don't know why it does. I know you got to do it. You promote to anyway, me all the freaking time. I got to hear about I you do. bragging about it. Oh, I do it on social you can't media do it on here. Time. I don't like doing it on the podcast much. But anyway, next Uh, week is uh, the five-year anniversary of Talking Buffalo, which, by the way, was called originally for old-school people who have been around from day one. It was the Moranalytics podcast, I think maybe two years or so, before I changed it to Talking Buffalo. But anyway, a lot going on next week. 
next Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not sure what day, but I know I'm taping it on the five-year anniversary. I got my third annual Podcasters Roundtable. That's with Greg Thompson from Cover One, Joe Marino from Lockdown Bills, and Bruce Nolan from Buffalo Rumblings. Uh, we have a roundtable. We've done this now three straight years. We don't talk about anything sports or Buffalo Bills. It's all about just podcasting. All you know, dorks. A lot of people. All dorks. All dorks. Cool. Tech shit. Geek shit. Not as cool you know, as me. Some stuff that we've learned about this trade over the last handful of years. It's a lot of fun. So that'll be next week. And then the big thing is on Thursday, starting next Thursday, February 23rd, live Imperial Pizza. <laughs> PM as that comes up on the screen, a, a graphic for Imperial Pizza. But anyway, at Imperial every week, 7.30, Thursday nights, we're going to be taping the show live. It'll be live stream, which I've never, ever done a live stream before. We're going to be doing that every week. And then it'll drop in podcast form on Friday mornings. Again, that's Imperial Pizza in, in South Buffalo. Going to have a different guest on every week. This is something I used to do a lot when this, the first couple of years of this podcast is have different guests on all the time. Kind of got away from that, getting back into it. I love the vibe of sitting down with somebody in person. You know, doing these is cool the way we're doing this right now. And it's just a different element when you're sitting next to somebody. And by the way, as much as I don't want to say as much as you hate on the media, because a lot of it's ball busting. Some of it is general, general uh, disdain because you do have issues with a lot of media people. But I'll say this. My first guest is somebody I know you don't have an issue with. He's one of the few that I know you like. My man, Tyler Dunn, your boy, Tyler Dunn, is going to be live with me from Imperial next Thursday. And then, like I said, from there, I got Damone Harris, um, time in high school graduate, UB graduate, Super Bowl champion, Damone Harris. He's going to be with me early on. Like I said, just a bunch of guests, but uh, looking forward to it. When am I coming on? When are you going to buy me some wings? You going to be in Buffalo anytime? Well, then shut up. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Probably not for a while. Why don't you come to Queens? Why don't you come to New York City? I'll get. I'll take you to a wing place over here. I'd love that to go to New York City. I, I really would. I'd love to go to New York City. I've still never been to Yankee Stadium, the new Yankee Stadium, not. since, what was it, hmm. 2009 or 2010, something like that. Something I haven't been to the stadium. There. I went there the last year before uh, the new stadium went, um, was erected, was it across the street, right? Um, anyway, yeah, I have not been like to the that, new yeah. stadium. You, know, you get uh, tickets for cheap there. They, the baseball tickets here are very cheap if you get them on StubHub. It's kind of, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's kind of mind boggling a little bit how cheap one the more baseball thing. tickets are here. Oh, look one at the thing. Game of Thrones I, uh, mug. I like that. that. Nice little Game of Thrones. Uh, my son is binging that. He's binging it with my oh, wife. He's he? never seen it. Yeah, he's like in season five or or six. Did you I, watch I the new? Did you watch the yet. new one? I am. I'm reading the book. I've been very slowly prodding through it, and I'm and I. Have avoided all spoilers. I have no idea what's happened. I'm, I watched the first. You saw about Joe. Saw about House of Dragons. I watched the first yes. premiere episode. I did watch the first, but then I stopped watching, and it wasn't because I wasn't interested. I got busy. A couple things came up, and next thing you know, it was three, four, five episodes in, and then I just said, "Yeah, I'm going to at some point." I get a little jealous with somebody a show that you know is that epically good, like Game of Thrones. Somebody gets to experience it for the first time. It's pretty cool to sit t- with him. Like I don't mind watching all the episodes. My wife is with him. But a couple of the big ones, like Red Wedding, you know, I don't really, don't really yeah. want to get into details because there's some people probably on the show who might watch it. Oh, you can get into the details. It's like seven years later. Like the hell There's just, no. you know, the big moments. You know what I'm talking about. And, sure. and seeing their reaction because you know what's coming and they don't. It's it's, uh, it's really cool. Yeah. All right. One it, was thing first, before, it, was, it was the first. Sorry to interrupt. It was the first series ahead. me and my wife, when we first started dating, binged. Like I was like, I had the first turn. I was like, we're binging this. That's like my favorite series of all time. Cause she had you know never the, seen it before. 
the craziest thing about for me with Game of Thrones is I hate those kind of shows. I don't, yeah, I'm I not a sci-fi guy. I'm not a fantasy guy. I don't like any of the Harry Potter movies, which Aaron <laughs> killed me for that last week. That's his favorite shit ever. And he was really pissing me about that. But like Lord of the Rings, all that stuff, not, it does nothing for me. I don't read the books. I don't really read a lot, period, to be honest with you. But anyway, for whatever reason, that show just, it captivated me. It, it caught me and it got me. And uh, I think it was just because you and I used to, stuff. you and I used to, you yeah. said, sorry to interrupt. You and I used to talk about it on the pot. You know, you celebrate yeah. celebrating five years next m- week. You and I used to talk about it all the time, like when it when it ended, which was I think 2019 was when it ended. It was right before yeah, the I remember we did a we did a most of the episode one week was dedicated to uh, the finale of uh, we were, yeah of Game of Thrones. That, I just like the that way that shit show went. finale. That, that finale sucked. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, love it or hate it, brand. love it or hate it, Anyways. the show though something was always happening like i said and if you watch it early on pretty much right from the get-go it was no like character i mean there was character building but it was around a lot of action as well like i'm saying it was no like slow birds like breaking bad is a great all-time show for a lot of people but the first season of that was almost unwatchable it was so boring it took time to really build the characters up and learn about them the sure. development of them game of thrones just comes at you in waves pretty much right yeah. from the start too so uh Anyway, all right, so before we get into some specific Buffalo Bills thing, I, I, I do want to say this. Usually it's you who's fighting with everyone on Twitter, especially when it comes to Buffalo Bills stuff. On Tuesday, which is, again, we're taping this Tuesday night, it was actually kind of me. I've you, been oh, giving, you started some shit? What happened? I did. Well, I, I wasn't intending to, to start fights with Buffalo Bills fans by no means, but I just, you know, and I think you know this about me. I am a Bills fan. I don't try to pretend I'm not a Bills fan, but I on this podcast, when I'm behind this mic, regardless of Josh Allen being behind me or the occasional standing Buffalo Bills hat I might have on the show when I'm doing the videos or whatever, I am objective, and I'm not afraid to criticize the Bills, and I'm certainly not afraid to, to heap praise on other teams and players when it's warranted. Patrick Mahomes just won another Super Bowl, and mm. – it's not one. Now, look, we've talked about this and not on the podcast, but we've talked about this in private conversations. And it kind of leads into what I'm saying here how you have an issue, and we don't need to name specific people or even outlets, but you have an issue when it's a very, very tiny percentage of people who are bitching about something. And then a media outlet or a person will make it sound like that's everybody who's doing that. You know sure. what I mean? You take issue. Yes. So Pet peeve, I, yes. I, I, I get that. In this case, though, you know, I was heaping praise on, on Patrick Mahomes and just talking about how unbelievably great this guy is. He's the best quarterback in the NFL, best player in the NFL. And let's see how things play out over the next six, eight, 10, 11 years or whatever before we go anointing him the best of all time. He's certainly on his way to it, though, or having a, a much to say about it. Anyway, I thought he played magnificent in the Super Bowl. And apparently, there's some Bills fans out there who don't agree. And the sentiment was that Patrick Mahomes winning the, the MVP was pretty lame and uh, that the numbers weren't great. And, um, you know, maybe it could have been Kelsey. A lot of people even said Jalen Hurts should have still been MVP, even though they lost. So by the way, let me ask you that side question here. Should a player, Jalen Hurts, but by the way, minus that fumble, played fantastic. He held his own. And if there were any questions about, does he belong in the upper echelon of quarterbacks in the NFL? I think Jalen Hurts completely answered great. that on Sunday. I thought he was great. One mistake, it is what it is. You know what I mean? And it happened in the first half. There was plenty of time to erase that. But anyway, 
I don't want to get away from what I'm asking you here. Should a player, not for a season, in a game, like a Super Bowl or Game 7 of a Stanley Cup, whatever it may be, should a player from a losing team ever be the MVP of, of, of a game? Like, for example, the Super Bowl. Let's forget about the other sports. Let's stick to football here. You're playing in the Super Bowl. No matter how good your stats are, should a player ever on a losing team be MVP? I don't no. think so. You tell me. I don't think so either. I remember. Oh, I remember. I think. I think the only time anyone has ever won was like. So I think a Cowboys player won it in the seventies. Like is the last time I remember a, a guy won for a losing. Uh, I don't team. know if that's, that's the, last, the case. That, you might be. I right. think one one person did. It was. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was a Cowboys player who won it. I remember like there was like discussions, quote unquote, like Super Bowl twenty five. We were just talking about that, like Thurman. Thurman was a better player than OJ. Anderson, he was the best actually. player in the field. Ad, he was the, yes, best. He was was the best absolutely the, the best player, but they lost. And I, I agree with you. Like Thank you, you can't, you can Yeah. I agree with that. It's only happened like once. And how many close Super Bowls have we had where like the losing player won? Like it just, no, it's, that doesn't, it's that's, most valuable I, player, not most bestest player. Like Thurman was yeah. the best player on the field in Super Bowl 25. You can make a case and a very strong case that Jalen Hurts might've been the best player on the field on that day. But how can you be the MVP if you lose the game? Because yeah, you lost yeah. the game. All right, yeah. so you know what? If Jalen Hurts doesn't play, well, if you don't play, they lose by four touchdowns. Who cares if you lose by four touchdowns or one point? You still don't win the game. You don't win the Super Bowl. Now, if it's the course of a season, then you might have a – then you can have a case. A guy from a, a kind of shitty team could be an MVP. If he's way better than everybody else. That's happened in baseball a couple times. I know Alex Rodriguez, when he was with the Rangers, won a couple MVPs. Team kind of was like, meh. But he was phenomenal. So maybe in the NFL, you could have a guy on a team that's only nine and eight or whatever be MVP because you'd be like, you take him off the team. This team wouldn't win three games. I get that. But in one game in the Super Bowl, when it's all on the line, you cannot be the MVP if you lose the game. Simple as that. Yeah. As for I'm Mahomes. On that. I was going to say, yeah, as for Patrick Mah- Mahomes, Joe, it's, dude, what. What are, what is your expectation supposed to be of this guy? Okay, he had 182 yards, which is the, the biggest criticism that I heard. He only had 182 yards passing. Okay, well, he had 182 yards passing. He had three touchdown passes. And then the, the comeback to that was, well, two of them were wide open guys. Okay, good. Are you going to penalize Patrick Mahomes because they scheme guys open? So he had three touchdown passes, 182 yards, zero turnovers. Let me say that again. Zero turnovers. Zero, he was sacked zero times. He avoided sacks. The line was great, but there were some occasions where he was pressured. He escaped it. He got out because guess what? He also had 44 yards rushing. If Josh Allen is 44 yards rushing, Bills fans just go nuts over that shit half the time. So where are you coming from if you're one of these people? And again, this isn't just like one or two people because otherwise I'd be like, you know what? I'm fighting with a bunch of, you know, I'm fighting with one or two people and I'm making it sound like I'm fighting with a whole contingent of Bills Mafia. I'm telling you now, there was a good half dozen, 10, maybe more people who kept coming at me all day on Tuesday saying that Mahomes either A, didn't deserve MVP, or B, was a lame MVP. Like, it wasn't a great MVP performance. Now, maybe compared to, you know, some other MVPs on past Super Bowls, okay, maybe. But again, what more? Oh, one other thing. Guess what? Who could even barely walk, man? He was hurt. And he got hurt nah, the he half. I can maybe hear someone saying Kelsey should have been it, but like, look, he he he. You said he had like 186 yards passing. He also ran, you know, a lot, which he had some yards. key runs. Yeah. So, look, 
let's be let's okay. I know it's like a small set, small part, po- you know, population that was going at with you, but let's be let's be frank. The Bills, the Bills, Bills Twitter is not objective when it comes to talking about other teams at all. They've they I have, don't know that any rem- fan base is. You're well, right, whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I think they're they they. There's so many things that it kind of irritate me. I, I remember going back to when the Bills played the Chiefs in the regular season. There was all this debate about who was better, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. There were a lot of people on Bills Twitter, like the content people, were very angry at this comparison, and I didn't understand why. And sometimes I think the Bill the Bills Twitter people are very they're the first in line to shit on another team where we're like we're better than them or to defend them themselves. Like, oh, Brandon Bean's really good at drafting. Because you know other teams have issues, so we should ignore that. But but when it comes to when it's like a case of hey, this team or this player is better than you, they kind of tend to just ignore that and like they're like oh it's 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 they'll they'll ignore that argument. And I think people mm-hmm. get a little Bills Twitter gets skeptical about Mahomes or like you you got to constantly stick up for Josh and they want right. to shit on Mahomes whenever they can. And, and brings- yeah, you're right. Maybe maybe there's fans and like the whoever the you know whoever the rivalry is the Chiefs I think is us but like Bengals fans might feel the same way about him you know with Burrow versus him but no he they, he should have won the MVP it's like it's come on like the guy had a broken leg he was almost he was it was Willis Reed basically out there you know doing what he did but well in you know, fairness think, to, in fairness to some fans I was going to just say in fairness to some fans some fans said he should not have won MVP and I told you a lot of them said Jalen Hurts but there were other fans who said all right well he was MVP but it was just a lame performance in comparison to others. And I'm like, well, again, they played a number one seed with a great defense that has dominated a lot of teams. And he played with an injured ankle and, uh, you know, a wide receiving unit for Kansas City that was pretty banged up as well. And I just don't know what your expectation of the guy is supposed to be at this point, man, when you factor in all that stuff. Joe, you know what? Dude, there, week, there's uh, two, two years ago, I remember in the Super Bowl, when he was when they lost, and I remember he did this play where he like it. It looked like he was diving in front. He was diving and he threw it at the same time. Like yeah, literally, he like hydroplane. And like every there was people on Bills tour who were like angry about like oh Josh Allen could do that, and then like they would get quote tweeted and like like a, a thousand likes. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like you people are I, weirdos. Like, I remember, you know, that. like yeah, like just they they're you know at this time of year, like you know, I like. I in a perfect world when it comes to me being on this podcast, I would like to be on like once a month because I do not want to talk about the Bills every week. I would lose my mind. Like I don't tweet as much about them during the off season or February or, or like big times. I call me on and care because I think you'll lose your mind because it's like the same routine. Like we're already we're already talking about the draft on Bills Twitter. We're already talking about like for you know excuses as to why Brandon Bean's a good draft guy or whatever. Like. And I'm just like, I, you know, I need to take a like, – that's why I'm like once a, like once a week, I'm going to care about the Bills on Twitter. And I, I, I get it's different. I get it for you it's different. You run a podcast. You got to be on here twice a week, three times a week. Same with Aaron Quinn, all you you dorks. But, like, I don't. And I'm just like, I don't need to, like, think about them every day I wake up, you know, like to give a – provide a kind. Because I think it's it's not good for your health, if that makes sense. I don't know. But, it, uh, it does. It does to an extent. And I'll also say this, too. I, I think Bill's fan, by the way, Joe from Queens and I are doing nothing to endear ourselves to some Buffalo Bills fans on this podcast today. But I think every fan base has a portion, and I think it's the same if you were to be involved in any fan base. But things that range from, you know, like when Cincinnati 
hounded Buffalo. And I'm not talking about um, Eli Apple who went overboard and that, that was a dick move. But just the other general shit talking, you know, refund Joe Burrow and Tyler Boyd. And those guys were talking shit. I'm thinking in my mind, okay, it's kind of funny because I remember in the beginning of the season when the Bills were curb stopping everybody and, uh, you know, a guy would punt. I remember the Kansas City Chiefs game. I don't remember the goddamn punter's name for the Chiefs. But it's was like, oh, you punt? Can't relate to that. You know what I mean? Because the Bills were not. Yeah, everyone's going to talk shit. I mean, everyone's talking shit. Yeah. And that's the fans. And you don't think for a second, if if this was a divisional round and the Bills had to go to Cincinnati and and they put the boots to the Bengals in Cincinnati, you don't think Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips and Stephon Diggs and Josh and these boys are going to be talking some shit to them? They would. They should. I would. So don't be mad when the shoe is on the other foot. But. To your point about Mahomes, I want to kind of go back to that for a second. And Josh Allen, Aaron Quinn and I last week on the podcast had a good conversation about LeBron and Michael Jordan. And mm-hmm. after LeBron broke the scoring record last week, the first thing I did, which was an absolutely idiotic tweet for me, is I said, congratulations to the second best player of all time. He'll let the guy just enjoy the moment. I immediately went right to the Michael Jordan comparison and said, you know, in a tweet without saying his name, Michael's better. I got called out for it by a couple people. Uh, Jay Spence on Rumblings called me out for it. They're 100% right. Instead of letting the guy just enjoy the moment and greatness, I had to make it about a comparison. And it's a comparison that I hate LeBron and Michael because they're two different types of players. But with Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, same kind of deal, man. I hate the comparison. It's like, can't we just celebrate one of these guys without always constantly having to compare to the other? Because every time Josh does something great, the first thing we do is talk about Pat Mahomes or vice versa. If you're a Bills no, fan or Kansas City just, fan. All right. No? Let me let me break let me break this down for you. Okay. The LeBron Jordan thing, that's very hard to do because they played in different eras. Okay. And so like, different I types watched of players. Yes. Well, they're kind of the same. I mean, I, I get the body type, but they're both like guards, small forwards. It, okay. Whatever. It's a completely different era. Like it, back mm-hmm. in the 90s, you had you it's the same with the foot football. Like you can't compare compare Brady to Montana, totally different eras. You can just say, like, this guy is the best player of his era. It's very simple to do that. Now, Mahomes, Allen, they're not in different eras. They're in the same. Agreed. I, I love talking debates, like, who's better? That's what I was getting at before when I talked about how, like, in that regular season game, people were very upset. Like, even Aaron Quinn was upset about it, like, about comparing, like, Allen to Mahomes. It's like, who gives a shit? Like, I can enjoy both, but I'm going to pick one. It's not like I'm, I'm taking a dump on both. I mean, it's just like a fun debate. It's a barstool debate. Sure. Half the freaking things you see on talk shows and sports shows, it's all debate. Like, as long as you're not being a dick when it's like, oh, you know, Mahomes is, you know, Allen's, Mahomes is better because Allen sucks or something like, you know, something like that. Like, we are like, okay, like you're tearing him down too much. Like, that's a little bit over the top. But if you're like saying like, hey, this quarterback's better because he's won more playoff games and he's got more yardage and touchdowns. What's wrong with saying that? I don't know. I I love I love having debates. That's why I'm on this damn podcast with you. You know, don't don't let them don't let them. uh, No offense, like I don't think your tweet was like like who gives a shit? Like is LeBron James going to find your tweet and be like, how dare you, Pat Moran? No, who cares? You want to enjoy it? Yeah, whatever. Screw that. You can you don't have to be so. Don't let a couple people like make you feel bad. Like use. Well, I agree with your point. I agree with your point about basketball. Different errors. Different errors. And it's different. Yeah, different errors. I agree with you. Yeah. You know, John Mon- Joe Montana had wide receivers getting held and passing a lot. Yeah, it was horrible. Like, I, I think Jim Kelly, if Jim Kelly was playing today's NFL, he's got 30, 40 touchdowns easily right. with the way the rules are. 
you know, know, I'm going to be I, honest I, I, with you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm no, going to be I'm... honest with you. When it comes to Josh and Patrick Mahomes at this point, and look, again, I'm a big Josh guy. Dude's on my wall multiple times. He's jumping over City Hall, by the way. I got a canvas. Yeah, I'm mean, on my homer. wall. I am uh, a homer to an extent. As a fan, sure. But listen, stop making the comparison at this point because there is none. There's no – Patrick Mahomes is the best player in football. He's the best quarterback, period. Numbers, forget about – you know what? Numbers. How about accolades? Do they not matter? Dude has won two Super Bowls. He has won two Super Bowl MVPs. He has won two regular season MVPs. Josh ain't done none of that yet. That's not to say Josh won't. The, the, the race is not over. You know, they're, maybe they're at the quarter point right now. Actually, you know what? That's wrong. Because when you say the quarter point, Tim Graham yelled at me for this years ago. That means there's only a quarter of the race left, technically. They're 25% through the race. Let's just put it that way. Their career be more than that because it'll be 25 years. Their career, I think. They're both yeah, whatever. Who gives a shit? But whatever. my point was okay. this right now, Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback right now. Now, Josh, in time, put together a couple of years, MVP seasons, a couple Super Bowls, and he's very capable of doing that. Then we'll revisit this conversation. But right now, the, the book this year to me, the book got closed on if there was, like, I remember last year after the playoff game when Josh Allen was just in another world sensational. And a lot of people, myself, was like, all right, well, Mahomes is 1A, Josh is 1B. Flipper, I wouldn't, how many times did I tell you on this podcast? I'm thinking about this now in my head. I'm like, do you remember me saying this to you? If I'm the Bills, I would not trade Josh Allen for anyone in the league. Then I said, yeah. if I'm the Chiefs, I would not trade Patrick Mahomes for anyone in this league, meaning that I consider them equals. Right sure. now, in this point of time, I no longer consider them equals. I, as much as I love Josh and he's a top two or three quarterback in the NFL, he ain't number one. It's Patrick Mahomes. Simple as yeah. that. And look, it could change. It can change next year. Yes. Josh can come in. He can have an MVP season. They Agreed. actually get him wide receivers that aren't trash and like, you know, Ken Dorsey designs plays that aren't from Techno Super Bowl 1992. Yeah, they, he, can, he can bypass him. But right now he is. And that's why I was thinking now, like people don't want to like admit that or they say, oh, like we don't need to talk about that. Why are you talking about that? You can't be well, like, fuck you. Like it, I, it's, it's sports. It's Twitter. It's sports. Like, what am I supposed to do all day? Like fucking not talk about it. Like, yeah, right now you're right. He is. And like his year. And look, I, I want, I'll be the first to say I wrote off the Chiefs a little bit this year. I thought without, Me too. I thought, uh, I thought without Hill, they weren't going to be the same. I was. I was I was eyeing out the Bengals like for most of the season, and then like you know because of that, and you know what they did? They did what the Bills didn't do, which was they went out, they got some role players at wide receiver. You know, Jay, Schuster's not a bum. He was very good in Pittsburgh until he got hurt. They got a bunch of different wide receivers. They made trades. They got him weapons. And the, to me, the X factor of you know between like the Allen versus Mahomes debate is Andy Reid's a savant. He is a the, like. He is the best offensive coach in the last 20 years. Easily. I, I, I can't really think of anyone right now who can X's and O's. He is the man. We do not have that here. Okay. Like, sorry. Sean McDermott is not the, like that on defense. He's a good defensive coach, but he's not, he can't hold a candle to his X's and O's. And that's why they are where they're at right now. I, I saw your tweet when you said it on after the game. Like, <laughs> your for, last thing was like, uh, Terry Pagula should give all the money in the world to Eric B. Enemy to be the offensive coordinator. And it's like, I got a lot yeah, man, of like, criticism for that shit. Yeah, yeah, you did. But I'm, Some I'm sure of you might did. Be warded. Some of them I might cannot, be warded. I can't, nah, I can't, I can't believe that dude does not have Chiefs a job. Chiefs fans it's who are very, to me anyway. very, very knowledgeable, close knit 
Chiefs fans reached out to tell me, people that I believe, that there's a reason why Eric Bieniemy. listen, not to say he might not become a great head coach someday, but when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs and the, uh, the offensive coordinator position, it is. It was kind of like when Rex Ryan was the Bills head coach with a lot less success. Like well, I don't remember the guy who was the defensive coordinator anymore. But I'm telling, what I'm telling you, well, Dennis, well, guess who was calling the plays? Rex. Kind of like yeah. offense. But I think it's Andy Reid. Andy Reid. My point was this: Chiefs fans are telling me this. Knowledgeable ones. It's Andy Reid who is calling these plays and making a lot of these schemes. Not to say Eric Bieniemy has no significant role with the team, but it's Andy Reid at the end of the day who's putting his stamp on this offense and and making a lot of these play calls. But there are people from the Chiefs who have, like, Doug Peterson got a job when he was with Andy Reid on the Chiefs. That, to mm -hmm. me, and I, I don't think, like, what, what was it different? He had Doug Peterson do more. It's just weird. I don't get it. I know. I hear what you're saying. Like, like some people say, like, I remember, I heard, like, Sean McCoy said that in, like, a podcast once that he when he was there for his cup of coffee. I, I'm just saying, like, there are people who have gotten, like, jobs like they're like i you like the, the the eagles coordinator just got a job with the colts the offense i think the offensive coordinator got one of my getting mixed up i don't know which yeah one, but the like, offensive coordinator got a job with the colts the defense yeah coordinator are you telling me seriana doesn't talk doesn't call those plays i like and like this guy just it's weird and like yes i you know we and like we can like there's the race thing with that and it's like the nfl it's obvious it's been that way forever when it comes to black coaches not getting their proper recognition and that's like an example of it like i would just assume, like either he is horrible in interviews where he's like i don't even i can't even fathom what he man. would I, say I, i'm not look, i, I, I mean, don't I don't, I, we don't really need to have a i i always hate when two white people talk about a racism conversation when, when only one side is kind of like represented you'll never truly know how it feels to be it just black feels like black. i have I, seen yeah i just think so it's i understand the anger and i do agree joe but I'm saying in this case specifically with Eric Bieniemy specifically for five years now, he's been a part of the best offense in the NFL. And time and time again, he's gotten passed over by other coaches. And yeah, don't get me I, wrong, I you're right. There needs to be more black coaches in the NFL. There's no question about it. Like even this it, it hiring just, cycle, five new coaches, four are white. It's like whatever. But Eric Bieniemy specifically, even, maybe there's something about him. I don't know what it is. I don't know. All I'm saying is this. There are coaches who have gotten jobs, I have to assume, who, if we're to believe that the enemy has nothing to do with the offense, that he is just there as a statue and he's he's Kurt Matkins yeah. or whatever from, like... I don't think I, that's you were the to case. Yeah, I don't think it is either because he's there calling plays. But, like, the point is, white. there are white coaches who have gotten jobs for not doing a damn thing, and they, it's like they have an offensive guru. Like, the, the entire <laughs> Sean McVay tree... Which is all white guys have gotten jobs. Are you telling me like that, like Kevin O'Connell or whatever? That he wasn't calling. He wasn't calling plays. Like there, that's just I'm saying. It's like there are other guys who have been that way. It's just a mess. Anyway, moving on. Like I, it's funny. You told me before this. I didn't want to talk about the Super Bowl, and we talk about the Super Bowl for like a good twenty minutes here. With well, your, it was, with your, it was like, more. It was more about Mahomes and 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 because you brought up my tweet about Eric Bieniemy and a lot of Bills fans, sure. not a lot of Bills fans, a lot of Chiefs fans told me it's Andy Reid who deserves the glory for the Chiefs offense more than the enemy. I'm just telling you what Chiefs fans Look, told he could deserve more glory, but he's just, he's still a part of it. Like he all I'm saying sure. is there are guys who have gotten jobs who I am sure had nothing like probably they, I'm they sure. had the offensive coach. I'm it's sure. Just stupid. I don't know. Air, it's just, it, we, I, it's we don't know him. He hasn't gotten a job. Uh, it, 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 it on the surface it certainly seems awkward and weird and odd and questionable and debatable how he is, doesn't have a job. 
I agree with you 100%. But again, I'm not in the, we're not in the interview rooms. So let, let's just move on past that sure. again. Going back to Mahomes, my, my, my point was, is at this time, I really just, he's the number one quarterback. There's no more 1A and 1B right now. He's one. Burrow and Josh yeah. Allen, there you go. There's your beef. Who's two right now? For Right now, and that could change, to your point. Um, let's take a quick break, because when we come back, I actually want to kind of trend towards talking some Buffalo Bills. We, we have been talking a lot about Mahomes and the Chiefs, but you know what? They're a great football team, and they're the team that, along with Cincinnati, that the Bills have to get through in the playoffs, not the regular season, because they've done that the last two years, to get to where they want to go. So we are going to talk about the Chiefs until the Bills beat them uh, when it matters. But anyway, quick break, come back, talk Buffalo Bills, big season takeaways. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, I'm back here with Joe from Queens. This has uh, been a Kansas City Cheese Appreciation podcast, I guess, so far. Um, I've talked about a few of mine, and maybe something will come up. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple minutes here. When you look back at the Buffalo Bills season totality, everything from the record, which, you know, at the end of the day, it's easy to forget that they did go 13-3. and three. But, you know, the losses, the uh, injuries, the off-the-field stuff, the uh, the ass-whooping in the playoffs, the Cincinnati on their home field, just this team right now when you take a look, which I like to get opinions from you on stuff like this because, again, you know, you got guys like Aaron and Greg over at Cover One and Bruce and uh, Joe Marino, all these guys keep going on and on. A bunch of nerds. They're there Dorks. multiple times a week. They're they're breaking down the games. You know, they they're watching the film, which you admit I'm, this. I'm watching the film too. Film. You ain't watching no damn film. I'm watching the film. Me and my wife. That's what we did on Valentine's Day. We're watching you're the a, film. You you come as a fan. These guys, including myself, come as content creators. I want your perspective as a fan. When you look at this team right now, what are like maybe one, two, maybe three at the most? Your biggest takeaways from uh 
this team in this season? I will start with like the positives and then I'll go to the underbelly of the negative. My positives for this season were they, they went through a lot and things that I would say, like no team has ever really gone through before. They had a player almost die on the field, the injuries, the everything. There's going to be a, there's a list. Everyone knows it. They did not implode. You can definitely say they may have ran out of gas at the end. You know, I think it's one of those things that maybe we'll see it next year. Like if they have a really good season next year and maybe they go to the Super Bowl or something, we can say, hey, maybe they, that's why they didn't win this year because they ran out of gas. But they had a lot of character. They they had a lot of moxie and character. And, you know, they they really when they had faced adversity, they had a lot of close. They had a lot of closer games this year in terms of like when they were like they had to put it away in the fourth quarter. So they had like a little bit more gumption. Whereas I feel like the two years before they were blowing out teams left and right more. Whereas this one, they kind of won some gritty games. Does that mean that that's going to be something they can bring into next year? I have no freaking clue, but like that was, Hey, they showed some perseverance individual accolades. I'd have to go with, um, I thought Matt Milano was awesome this year. Played his best year. I think, I think he could have been a cap casualty. Maybe if he stunk this year, or maybe he could have like got hurt, but he was awesome this year. Tremaine Edmonds did really well. Uh, Von Miller, like, you Did Jermaine win you Astro? over? Jermaine won you yeah, over because I mean, you weren't a big fan. I liked him. It's okay to no, admit I was, you were I was okay. I was, I was okay with him. I didn't. I, I thought both sides were like annoying. Like the people who loved him and the people who hated him. Like there were he was no middle, no middle ground. Was, yeah, I, like there was no middle ground. I was a middle ground guy, but like I wouldn't resign him because. And this is where I'm going to get to my negative point of it is that this team and I said this on my the last time I was on here they need to evolve. They cannot be a defensive oriented team where all their assets go to defense. It has to go to offense. The Philadelphia Eagles had a defense that's like, I think they set the sack record this year, you know, or they had, they had four defensive linemen who had over 10 sacks this year. I can't even remember the last time the bills had two defensive linemen that had over 10 sacks. Here they are with this defense that kills quarterbacks. And what did it, what did it, what was the results? They gave up 38 points on the Super Bowl. And against a quarterback who had like one leg, defense does not matter in this league when you're going against a really good offense. It just does not. People gave shit to Trent Dilfer about a week ago when he said like he didn't care about like he 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 took a dump on Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And I I, I didn't agree with that part, but in a sense, he is right when he says the Baltimore Ra- they will never be another Baltimore Ravens dominant defense that you can have Trent Dilfer back there and win a Super Bowl. That is not happening ever. And I will say this, even if you have a dominant defense, I don't think that shit's going to last you maybe for the three, four years, man. I think about Seattle from like, you know, they had the Legion of Boom. That was like the best defense I saw probably the last 10 years. That defense lasted like four or five years. Contracts go up, people get injured, you know, they hit a wall. Same with the Broncos when they beat Cam Newton. Like they had a really good defense with Vaughn and Demarcus Ware. Like just an, like that this year they did it again where they didn't listen to me, which is like Cardinalson. You should listen to me. Where I've been talking about getting an offensive doom, getting some weapons, getting some tight end, more tight ends. Give them options. Give Ken Dorsey options. I want to see on one drive the Bills go. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna play four wide receivers. And the next drive we're gonna have two tight ends that could both run down the field. And the next one we'll have a, a slot wide receiver. All that shit. I've been saying that for two years. Give these this 
evolve and be an offensive team. Instead, and we've talked about this, them not ignoring the wide receiver position, them ignoring the offensive line position, them being just like we need as many defensive linemen as humanly possible. That's what I took away because they tried it again after not listening to me, and it didn't work. It did not work because you can talk about the offensive line. That Bengals offensive line was supposed to be a train wreck when we when the Bills faced them. And you know what? It didn't matter. You know why? Because Joe Burrow got the ball off fast. And that's where if you have a good scheme that can get the ball off fast, doesn't matter how it doesn't matter if you got Bruce Smith back there. You give the ball quick. You can't really hold guys anymore like you used to be able to back in the day. And that's why they need to like, I hope they're sitting there and they're not sitting there with their Carolina blueprint and going, we need another another defensive lineman, because Ed Oliver's gonna be leaving next year. So we gotta get more defensive linemen. Fuck that. That's what I that's my takeaway from them. That's the biggest one. I want offensive weapons this offseason. I want offensive weapons next offseason. I want it to be like as many weapons like like Arnold Schwarzenegger's going to Iraq to kill some people and he's got like a bazooka and all this shit like he's in commando. That's what I want. That is my takeaway from them this year. Like it's something that I've been talking about for the last year and a half roughly. Like you tried it with your defense. It ain't working because, you know, you can you can beat the Jacoby Brissett's of the world or whoever. But when you're going against an elite offense, you got to outscore them. And it was unfair to see her for Josh. It was unfair for Josh, for Diggs, you know, even to a certain extent, like Ken Dorsey. Like they had like they they panicked. They signed Cole, they signed Cole Beasley and John Brown off the streets because when those guys had not played in like the entire year, I don't even know what John Brown did last year. Like that's it. That's my that is my like a, like my fan takeaway, as you call it, or whatever the fuck. But that's well, that's basically where I'm at. It's interesting because. If the Bills do decide that they need to invest more in this office beyond the draft, sure, then it will come at the expense of losing. For sh- I think they're going to lose Jordan Poyer for sure, regardless. Sure, I hope I'm wrong, but I think he's gone. I almost just dropped the rhyme there. And then Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, if you're going to go get a Ten million dollar a year left guard or a a right tackle, and I'm not gonna. I don't even know names right now. I will soon enough. You know, potential free agents. I don't have a list in front of me. I don't care. Point being is, you're gonna lose on this defense to gain to the offense because the Bills don't have that cap luxury that they've had the past couple of years. Now, I'm not saying, by the way, for the record, so we're clear. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's kind of weird the way this team is is made up. You know, you you invest in Josh Allen and you did make a trade for Stefan Diggs, but I agree with you that there there hasn't been enough investment in the offense. You have a very fair point that the way to win championships in this league is to outscore teams. The Chiefs have done it now two times. But there's all and then the Rams, you know, even though that was a defensive battle in the Super Bowl, not expected. But anyway, the Rams were a high-flying offensive team. They traded for Dell Beckham last year. So, you know, and Von Miller. But anyway, I just, it's tough because of the cap situation. I, I think my biggest takeaways with this team right now is the coaches. I have more questions than answers with the coaches. You're not firing Sean McDermott. I'm not suggesting they should fire Sean McDermott. Let's get that clear. That said, if the Bills don't go any farther next year, this guy's got to be on the hot seat because if he, if this is as far as he can get them, and I think it's fair to wonder that because Sean McDermott is not the same coach in the playoffs 
that he is in this or in the regular season. There are two different types of coaches. I'm sorry, but we've seen it three times, three years in a row now. And it's not even debatable either. Leslie Frazier, I don't know what it is, man. I, I still get angry when I, if there's one thing about the Bengals game that makes me angry, it's not any of the players and how badly they got beat. It's some of the defensive calls. They got beat out of blitz on the first series. Jermon Johnson blitzed. Burrow beat the blitz. I don't know that I saw that play again the rest of the game. Then they got seven, eight guys at the line of scrimmage, and they got cornerbacks playing nine yards off the ball. I just don't get it with Leslie Frazier. Ain't going nowhere. I knew he wasn't going anywhere. Uh, and Ken Dorsey, not sold on him. In fairness, Ryan Dable did not have success early on with the Bills, and I remember a lot of people called for his head after just one year. So I guess we have to wait and see with Ken Dorsey, because whether you like it or not, he's going to be back. But I want to circle back, because my biggest takeaway is something you said kind of in passing. My biggest takeaway is that the Bills blew the season, including the playoffs, when they lost to the Vikings. And I said, and I and I told and I told this to Joe Yernan. I think the Bills losing that Vikings game when they were up. Look, they also lost to the Jets and the Dolphins. And you can make a case the Bills should have won those games, but that's debatable. The Bills were up three scores in the second half against the Minnesota Vikings at home. Okay. Cam Lewis has to knock down a ball and they win. Josh Allen has to not fumble and they win. They win that game, Joe, because they did not lose another game until the playoffs. They win that game to get the number one seed. Listen, I don't care about the home field, and I know you've never cared about the home field, and we've had many conversations about this. What I do care about is this team, Matt Milano said it, Josh Allen said it, lots of players said it, they were spent. They were spent. It was obvious. They were running on fumes. After what happened to DeMar Hamlin, they were running on fumes. It took Naheem Himes scoring two kickoff return touchdowns to beat the Patriots. By the way, the Patriots had three touchdown drives of 75 yards that game, the finale. And then you're playing a third-string quarterback at home in the playoffs and you win by a field goal. This team was running out of fumes. They were spent. They needed to win and get the number one seed to have the bye. They needed a bye week. This team needed a week to physically and mentally get better, to regroup, to get their muscles, their bodies, their minds right. And they didn't do that because they lost to the Vikings and they were dead ducks against the Bengals. Had they won, they would have played Jacksonville in the, in the first round. Which Forget about who they played, because they could have played the Bengals or the Chiefs. But that was not the Buffalo Bills that we saw most this year. That was a spent team running out of See, I, 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 I disagree with that, because I think that was con- – they the Bills were not – they won 13 games, but they were not impressive after the Green Bay game. They just weren't. That That's the thing. So you could talk about, like, they were spent – they had like the Demar Hamlin. They thing. were, they were, they, would, they were, but they didn't look good even in, in parts in November. Look, after every Bills game, the entire narrative on Bills Twitter was, or at least my was, you can be happy they won, but you have to also go. They had some blemishes. That happened almost every game they won. Every game, the only game I can remember where I was like, "There's," I got no notes after like the Green Bay game. Was like that Patriots game on Thursday night where it was like even they won twenty four ten was a big like they just they just kind of controlled the whole game like there was no doubt they kind of went through it but like every other game they was like these blemishes so like yes could it have been better if they had the week off they can re- replenish sure but look everyone else all these teams play six, they didn't even play six seven six seventeen games they played sixteen. You know, or you know so like but everyone plays these games I get I'm it they went through a lot I, I as. I'm not an as I said, maker. I give them they went through a lot. I don't I think I think deep down they they were they would have lost against the Bengals or Chiefs. I just think they I, they just didn't they looked inconsistent. Look, 
they just they they looked in, they were inconsistent all year. And even look going back to last year, two twenty you know thing that the, the worst thing that I've said this before the worst thing that happened, I think what expectations were when we left left the thirteen second game that that Patriots game when they obliterated them. I think a lot of people, I think even the Bills organization thought those two games were who the Bills really were, and they completely forgot about them being 11-6. and six. They completely forgot about them getting toasted in Jacksonville, getting blown out by the freaking Colts. Even their the December when they made that run and they, like, won four in a row, they weren't that impressive. Like, they beat, they, they beat the Falcons, like, by, like, a touchdown or, like, 10. It wasn't a good game. Like, they're, they were just – they've been inconsistent for – since – I still think 2020 was their best year. Like, you want to talk about, like, well, when they blew it. Like, people talk about 13 seconds. Yeah, that could have been, like, I know you think they could have gone in the Super Bowl and won. I they think about 2020. I don't know about that. I they think 2020. Losing, they were not losing 2020, 2020 was their year because they that was when Josh Allen was playing at a high level for the whole year. They had they had way more weapons. They had John Brown. They had Beasley was healthy. They had Gabe Davis. They were so deep at wide receiver. And you know they 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 lost. They got handed their asses to them in the championship game, where McDermott was kind of a, a wimp and all that sort of stuff. But uh, look, I, I just I I just feel look, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say look, we'll never know. I mean, we'll obviously never know if the Bills had to buy how much and would have made a difference. But and and all your points, none of them are wrong. But back to what I'm saying about how this team needed a week of rest badly. Let's look at the Kansas. You said the Bills won, but they didn't impress you a lot of the back half of the season after the Green Bay game. You said that. They were just you're not blemishes. Wrong. Like, there were blemishes. Okay, let me, let, me, let me go through something with you right, real quick here. The Kansas City Chiefs, who were the number one seed, let me run off to you their last five games of the year, okay? They played the shitty-ass Denver Broncos, who underachieved all year, and Kansas City won by four points. Then they played at the goddamn Houston Texans, and it took overtime yeah. The Chiefs beat them in overtime. The Houston Texans, man. Then they played Seattle, and they, they won that game, and it was at home. They won that by two touchdowns, kind of like how you said the Bills beat New England. Same score, in fact, 24-10. All right? Then they played Denver again, and they won at home by a field goal. And then they finished the season, and they beat the Raiders, who were running for the bus, and, and Carr didn't even play. He quit on the team. You know what I mean? So the Kansas sure. City Chiefs won games. But we're not impressive. Close games against pretty shitty teams. But you know what they got? Themselves, they got themselves a week off. And they got themselves right. That five means a lot. It meant a lot more than having the home field. Well, just tell here's you, the man. thing. I th- That's I how think, I feel I anyway. Think, I understand. But your 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 point with the Chiefs, like have them having their blemishes. The Chiefs are a team that has been that's gone the five straight ASC championship games. They're a team mm-hmm. that can, I feel mentally, they can get away with kind of coasting and then turn it on because they know what it's like to go to the Super Bowl. They've been there. There's been teams like, you know, the Golden State, like, you know, we watch NBA. Like, there's a lot of teams, like, during the regular season, they coast. They're like, they don't give a shit. They just want to get in. And then when the playoffs start, they turn it up. The Chiefs, to me, are kind of like that team because they've they got rings. They've beaten the Bills, sorry. Like, they've beaten them in the playoffs. And, like, I give them the more of the benefit of the doubt than I do the Bills in terms of that. But, yes, That's- sure, they could have they, they like, had that extra week. I, I do think it would have helped. I still think they would have probably lost. I just didn't like. I I, I well, just we'll want to get. Know. I just think. I yeah, but I just think pound for pound, the Chiefs and the Bengals are better. You know, they just have better weapons. Going back to the offense, they have better weapons on offense. You know, they. I think they also have a better offensive mind in both places, and the Bills do right now. It could like look. Ken Dorsey could evolve. Maybe he'll get better. 
etc. But like that's just how it is right now with them. So I, I and one thing I want to go back to you, you, you know, we've had we've you know this is your five year anniversary next week. I, I'm pretty sure you and I have had this conversation every February if you've had me on about the cap. The cap is fake. I know everyone's panicking already. I know I know your boy, Greg Thompson's already got the charts out and how we can't rework the deals and it's gonna be a nightmare and we're not gonna fit people. Look, every year this happens, there are teams that are under the cap that are just barely under the cap or above it. They make some moves and they throw salary down the hill, down the road, and then they can get guys. I know I know Bean said that in sir, but he said the same shit last year. And I know Worrell said something to him afterwards, like you said this last year. Well, I we gotta pay this guy. They can they can rework some deals, you know, and hopefully that's I don't want to go too much on the cap, you know, because it's like they're not paying like if they're letting they don't have I would say they got the Josh Allen contract, but I think they can make some moves. I don't think it's going to be like them bringing in a hundred and twenty million dollar player. But every year, like I, I just I just feel they will. I don't want to look at the cap, man. I really, maybe I'm being a little bit of a dick to Greg, but like, I just, I just, I just, every year I feel like we go into this where we're talking about the cap a little bit too much and there are teams that make moves. So that's just my, like, I hope, I hope, I hope they're aggressive. Look, I, I, you know, I know the wide receiver market's pretty thin, um, but I, I, you know, I, I'm down with trading at Oliver for like a wide receiver. Like you want to get? I know people have like done fantasy trades with like the guy from Oakland, the slot guy. I don't know what his name is, but you know, if they, if, yeah, thank you. Like, fine. Like, you know, I, I just they just have to change a little bit of the, like they need to get ahead of the curb when it comes to offense. It's, this is the year that you do it. This is the off season that you got to do it, man. Because you know, but also the most important thing too, they they got to start drafting some guys who are. They, they got to start developing guys better because if you're going into, if you, I know I'm talking about my both sides of my ass and my mouth over here, but like, if you're worried about the cap, the way you unworry about the cap is if you have guys in their second, first, third year on their rookie deals playing very well, I cannot think of name me a guy who's on their rookie deal who you're like, man, they can't lose that guy. Like, thank God for him. Like who Rousseau, maybe like, it's just kind of like, they don't, they're not having like these young guys like step up where you're like, man, I I really have confidence in that guy. Like he, I'm so glad that they have a cheap asset that's on their first or second year. They don't have that right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports fans who like to wager, which is pretty much everyone these days, I'm here to tell you about Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than Odds Trader. Why is Odds Trader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does it matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them. You're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting the underdogs or profiting the most if you're going to go with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare 
all the different sign-up codes and promos from the sports books to get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, the Odd Trader app gives you the player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a bet tracker so that you can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're into betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. One thing I don't agree with when it, your, your assessment of the Buffalo Bills and their offense, and we're going to have, we have no choice. We have to shelf this conversation for another time because there's something else that I need to get to. But I don't agree with you when you say the Bills don't have enough weapons. I think the problem is the Bills don't know how to deploy their weapons good enough. James Cook could be a great weapon. He had zero targets against the Bengals. Dawson Knox shown near the end of the year. He can be a very productive tight end. Where was he the first eight, nine, 10 games in, in the, in the, in the game plans? Isaiah McKenzie was brought back and given a, an elevation to a starting job because of some of the things he could do. Where was the lot of that? There's a lot of talent and speed on the bills. Can they use more? Yes. And they're going to have to get more and they will. I think they will anyway. But my point is this team has weapons. I blame more just the way they were deployed. And especially again, the James Cook shit really bothers me to not have a, uh, even a target against that game, but we'll talk. Listen, man, we still got. No, it's I, I, I give you. Yes, it is accurate. Like they like they have these running backs. They don't throw to them. It's mind boggling. Like, yes, yeah, they could definitely yeah, it's, do that. It's annoying. Bubble screens. And, and again, just the tight end yeah. uses. It's just no consistency. And that bothers me. But, but again, we'll talk. I, I want to talk sure. weapons down, down the road, because before we get out of here, while we have time, I, I do want to talk about this division. So my big, my biggest takeaway or co-biggest takeaway was that I, I think the Bills desperately needed to get that week off, and they didn't, and I think that really hurt them. We'll never know if they would have beat the Bengals or not. Um, my other takeaway is the easy-peasy, what is it, three straight AFC East division championships now for the Bills? Three? The easy-peasy route to the AFC East. I mean, they got a little bit of resistance this year from Miami. But anyway, to me, I think that shit is over now. Now you're talking about a division that I think is ready to be a complete dogfight. And I'm going to talk about this a lot during the offseason. You want to call it a hot take? Call it a hot take. You want to get mad at me? Not you, but some fans might. I'm just going to say it. I think if you take away quarterback, which you can't just take away quarterback, because quarterback's the most important position, not just in football, maybe in sports. But the New York Jets from player 2 to 53, I think are just as good, if not better, than the Bills right now. I really do. The Jets are my, like, look out for them team next year. They're way better at running back. Brees Hall, who tore his ACL last year, was phenomenal as a rookie. They got good backup running backs. Um, none of their receivers right now, like Garrett Wilson, is not as good as Stephon Diggs right now, but their collection of receivers with Elijah Moore and, and Berrios and uh, Corey Davis, they're good. The offensive line is pretty good. I think tight end and offensive line is sort of a wash. But that Jets defense is freaking good. That front four dominates Buffalo. They match up really, really good against the Bills. C.J. Mosley is the beast at linebacker. Sauce Gardner, as a rookie, 
is one of the best corners in the NFL already. You want to talk about a team that really hit on their draft. Holy shit, bro. Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, and uh, Brees Hall. All on the same draft. But they need a quarterback. And they're going to get one. That's my point. They might trade for Aaron Rodgers. And again, this is Tuesday night. So some crazy happens on Wednesday. Scratch this. But Aaron Rodgers, might. they might get traded. They might find Aaron Rodgers. They might sign Derek Carr. They might get Jimmy G. Any of these guys will be Joe, name it, Joe Montana compared to fucking Mike White or uh, Zach Wilson, whoever these bummy-ass quarterbacks, Joe Flacco that they've had. The Jets, let's start there. I think the Jets are a very dangerous team right now. What two first-round picks, I, by the way, this, this uh, spring? Yeah, I, I think I agree with all of that. I don't know if I buy them if they get Jimmy Garoppolo, though. I think Jimmy – I know, like, hey, he Why did not? well in San Fran. Oh, he's not very good. He's, like, below average. Like, yeah, a lot better, better than what they had. He's, yeah, I guess, yeah. But I, I don't think he, that he's not – he's not scaring me. I know that they did well in San Fran, but, like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't like Jimmy G. I don't know. I, I'll say this, though. Like two or th- he's been in two or three championship games. Yeah, but, and, and I, I get that. And, like, if you want to compare, like, the Jets roster to the San Fran roster, yeah, sure. Maybe that that's the possibility. He does tend to get hurt a lot. Um, I don't I don't see – I definitely see it with Carr. I can see it with Rodgers. I will say this, though, that, that could work against them is, is Nate Hackett. Like, we saw what he did in Denver, and he was awful. Like, he was awful. And he wasn't very good with the Bills when he had EJ. He wasn't very good with Bortles. I don't know. I, I kind of wonder. Aaron, it makes me think Aaron Rodgers might end up there, though, man. That is Aaron Yeah, Rodgers no, I, I would – look, if they get Carr or if they get Rodgers, I will definitely be on that, like, holy shit, we got to watch out. They get Garoppolo. They're already fine. right there. They're right there, man. I'm telling you. They were right there with Mike White. I'm no, just hey, telling you. I, the Jets sure, match up really sure. good against the Bills, man. I, so, anyway, okay. that's just one team. You got, you got me. You got me. What about Miami? Okay. I mean, you're talking about Miami too. Let's not forget about them. This is a team that before Tua got hurt was right there. You know, so uh, they got the wet. They certainly got the weapons to beat the Bills with Tyreek Hill and Waddle. Lots of guys. They got better defensive coordinator now. Them. And they got yeah, they yeah got a better, Fangio. They got a new coordinator. Fangio. And there's a lot of talent on that front front, front four for Miami. They got. Christian Wilkins, who was giving the Bills fits, and I know fans hate him. I hate him, too, personally, to be honest with you. Sure. Jalen Phillips looks really good. Bradley Chubb kind of looked like a bust last year after giving up a lot to give him a first-round pick. But he's still a name. Who knows what he'll end up doing. They got a pretty good uh, – Javon Holland's a hell of a safety. Point being, this team, if Tua can stay healthy, which, of course, is a big if, and that's if they even commit to him. And maybe they surprise you when they go on and they get a Jimmy G or somebody like that. Miami Dolphins got a lot of weapons. And the New York Jets got a lot of weapons. And the Patriots are at least competitive. They've been right there the last couple of years. They're seventh in cap space going into this offseason. Um, they're going to add to that offense. I don't think they're quite as good as uh, New England or Miami. I mean, the Jets or Miami and obviously Buffalo. Here's a point that I'm getting at, Joe. I feel like this division, for the most part, has been a cakewalk the last couple of years. You know, you could go get your AFC Bills, AFC East Championship hats in the beginning of October the last couple of years. Ain't doing that shit this year. This this division is going to be stacked. It's going to be a it's going to be a it's going to be a bloodbath. I yeah, think. I agree with that. I think I think it's going to be a lot tougher. I mean, those teams have the Bills came up at the right time when those teams were all going downhill. And last year, as you as you kind of, I'm not going to reiterate what you just said. I, I agree with that. You know, that's where this offseason, the Bills cannot rest on their laurels. They just can't. They got to right. they got to make some moves because those teams are coming. They probably have a little – I don't have their cap in front of me, but I'm assuming the Jets have cap room because 
They have all that's the thing. You develop young young core where you have them for cheap. And they're like they're like, thank God we have these guys for like four or five years and are cheap and we could go for it. Whereas the bill, like I said before, they don't who, who who's on their I, rookie deal right now that we're like, oh, I love this guy for the Bills. So right. Hardly anyone, mean, look, really. I, and to be fair too, with the Jets, I mean they're Garrett Wilson and uh and Sauce Gardner were both top ten picks. I mean, so it's not sure. like they, you know, they reached Brees Hall was a late first round pick. A lot of people thought the Bills were gonna get Brees Hall. Anyway, that guy, that kid looked like a stud before he got hurt. I'm happy with James Cook, though. But anyway, my point is these teams are really good. I, I think it's going to be a bloodbath. I was wrong about one thing. I said the Jets had two first round picks. They only have one. They have a top 13 mm-hmm. pick. So, you know, they're going to add. It'll be interesting. Again, I don't want to dive into what the Bills may or may not do yet. Let's start to see, because we will start to see now. You know, I think there's going to be restructures coming up. Not going to be a lot of cuts, because I've looked at this roster and the cap savings. Maybe Isaiah McKenzie, maybe Saran Neal. There's not a lot of guys that really are getting a lot of cap benefits for cutting. I think you're going to see some big restructures. I think Josh Allen's definitely going to get restructured. If they want Jermaine Evans back, and by the way, what I hear is they do. I mean, everyone hears that. But what I hear is that that's like the priority. Put it this way. Here's what I went to sit. Here's what I want. I can't, I can't say. No, He's let coming me say back. something. I'd be, I'd, it, would be a, it would be a shock to me if Poyer comes back. It would be a bigger shock to me if Jermaine Evans is not back. Let's just say that. How many high priced? How many high priced? Who 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 do you got next year making at least ten million dollars on the bills? If you, I don't even know. Like Edmonds is going to make Edmonds getting paid, Milano's getting paid, Trey Trey White's getting paid, Micah Hyde's like they have like six or seven guys getting paid on defense and on offense. And on offense, they got two. They got three guys getting maybe four. I don't. I just. I hope. Look, I I, I could be wrong. I like Tremaine. I. I just. I would look. You want to sign Tremaine and then sign another offensive guy or two that are really good? Then fine. I'll. I'll sign up for that. But if you're, I know. I know your take. You. You're. You're willing to lose Tremaine if it means getting a good offensive lineman or wide receiver. I. I do. I get that. Before I let you go, real quick, uh, a couple other things I wanted to touch on quickly here. Um, Kim Bagula last week. We didn't talk last week, but we we finally got an update from uh, about Kim, courtesy of um, her daughter, Jessica. Um, she wrote an article for the Tribune. Uh, I don't want to say there was a lot to it, but it, it was revealing in a way. I mean, we, we, we did learn some about Kim, but did you like, without getting into it, I mean, we don't need to deep dive into Kim's condition. And frankly, that doesn't benefit anyone, whether it's us talking or people listening. but. I did want your 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 take your your thought on maybe the news coming. Are you surprised that it came from a Pagula member directly, and that this never did get leaked out through somebody in the media over the last even just handful of couple months? I'm surprised it didn't, but I also think people knew, like Kirk. Oh, I know and a couple of people is, knew. Yeah, I knew a couple of people knew, and I knew too, and that 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 irritates me. And scares me a little bit. I mean, I, you know, let's let's talk about the media. Like, since you say I like the ball buster, be critical. This is me being critical. I was listening to a podcast where a person said, like, the Pagulas are treated like they're covered like a family instead of business owners. And I think that really, like, hits it. Like, they are not, they're, like, they have, they own a franchise. They own two franchises where Kim is the president. She handles a lot. They have presented her like she is before this whole thing happened. Like she was on these business meetings, all that sort of shit. And like it, we got to 
$800 million coming to them, a billion, maybe more, who the hell knows for this new stadium. And like, I think you have, you have to like cover that and find out what's going on. And even if you, I don't need you to be there at the hospital and like getting updates and having a helicopter outside of it, but like pressing them to be like, what is the plan right now while she is out? And like, I think it's a very accurate thing. Like, what is the plan? And that was one thing Look, Jesse's letter was very nice. I get it. But like, she kind of went off a little bit about how it's none of anyone's business or whatever. That's bullshit. You're, I get it from her point of view. Like she's a, a daughter, a mom, but from a public standpoint, your team owns, your, your, your parents own this team. They're in, they're in negotiations for a hundred billion dollar stadium or whatever the hell it is right now. We, you have to like, we should know a little bit, like not like, as I said, we don't need constant updates. But just like, what is the plan? Who is in these meetings with like polling cars or the state? You know, they had it to where they hired a a business a, a, a business person on the Sabers side, and like the they, in the Pagulas, they they told Tim Graham like, oh, that they that hire had nothing to do with Kim Pagula's health, which I'm kind of like, that's kind of a little bit weird. Like, if she's not coming back, which is kind of what her daughter kind of insinuated, like she's not going to be the same. That does seem like you hired this person to kind of take the burden off her plate. So I, I still think I, I I think people knew about it and I think they didn't want to release it because of fear of backlash from PSE. I told you the story. I've heard people like 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 that like they they're very forceful PSE when it comes to those outlets. And let's be honest, the Bills they're a freak they are the biggest institution I think in any city in this country. In New York City for sports teams, because they run the whole news cycle, everything. I mean, I got like front page news of like, hey, let's see how Bills Elvis felt about the Bills losing in the playoffs. You're not getting that shit in New York City. You're not. No one's going to care about what Fire Marshal Bill says to put on the front page. And and like there, it's not. It's not. You can't tell me that they you do can, not. You can't compare. You can't compare New York City, the, the, the one of the biggest cities but, in the but world, that's what though, I'm seeing, to a, to that's a mid to small market like Buffalo. Okay, whatever. I don't think they're going to get on the front page. I don't think any fan in like after like let's get a front page story on this or that. And I say all this because like they know that that's what runs the gambit. I was reading an article the other day about how the Buffalo News has cut like staff since Lee Enterprises bought them, they've cut staff tremendously in like the mm-hmm. last five, six years, like half. You know what staff they haven't cut down? The sports department. That tells you everything there is to know about how much that team matters in terms of that. And they do not want to piss them off. And I'm sorry. Like that's, it's just like one of those things where I see that. And like, I constantly am questioning like the motives of a lot of these journalists like out there, like, why aren't you covering it this way? Why? Like, you, you really like, I want to respect their privacy. Like, come on. Like it's, that's, that's, you go to, it's like, you know, got Alan Pergman bitching about like how fucking news reporters are wearing bill sweaters. It's like, why don't you write about that, about the objectivity of like, you're not talking about this. And then like, I, th- I feel a lot of people, I feel like people did hold out on it. I'm Alan sorry. Bergman, like it just, Alan Pergman is waging a, a war that he will never win. I give him, I admire him for, for, for staying. Admire up everyone. For what, what but he like, leaves. Am I wrong? Like, tell me if I'm wrong. Like, am I, am I, is that where I'm supposed to say? Like, I, the day that came out, I thought about that. And I, I, I was like, hey, I'm not tweeting about that. Cause this is her. It, this is, it's kind of like what you said about the LeBron James. It's LeBron James's day to shine. I was like, this is her day to shine. But now it's a week right. later. I'm just letting you know, like, yeah, I don't know how that didn't come out. 
I think it is people's business a little bit in terms step- of like it. It is like, look, I just want them to like they don't like as I said, and I also say this too. I did take that letter as I do feel. Maybe I've watched Succession too many times. I don't freaking know. You probably like, have. Show sucks, you hate you hate that show, but I I feel like post Kim and Terry, like I feel like Jesse's gonna take over. Like it's gonna be. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna be her and her husband. Her husband works there. I have no inside info. I feel like that will probably. It's going to be, be like the McMahon family in WWE, old, old WWE. But, but well, hopefully not, because no like Vince is an yeah. asshole and yeah, hates yeah, Hunter and his theory. daughter and everyone. Sure, so sure. I don't think they, I don't think they hate each other like that. But like, but that's last, that's my take on it. On that, go ahead. Last last thing I'll say about the Pagulas is. They don't owe it to people to have daily updates. You know, every little thing needs exactly. to be chronicled. But at some point, you know, the, the, the statement, I think it was about eight months or so ago, you know, when, when something came out, respect our privacy at the time, and people did. Obviously, the, the media certainly did. And uh, I just wish at some point they would have said, you know, treatment's ongoing, progress slow, blah, 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 without getting into specifics. But, you know, they could have said something, just a quick little two-paragraph freaking press release or something that might have gotten conspiracy theorists off their back. I mean, it wasn't a day that went by in the last two months that I didn't hear that Kim Bagula was dead on Twitter. Somebody said Kim Bagula would be dead or they started talking about the vaccination. This is what did it to her. I'm certainly not going down that rabbit hole a minute and 12 into this podcast. My point is this. I wish PSC would have put out periodically just some kind of update or there's no change. You know, it's, Kim is still. I I just wanted them to them. say who was who who while she's out, who is running the show on the business side for both. Yeah, things. exactly. That's all Make I wanted. For- like you could say while Kim Kugula is recovering from this illness or whatever, sure. you know, this asshole is going to be in charge of this department, and that asshole is oh, going to be in charge of this little, department. Just 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 a little something. Sure, I agree. Yeah, because like, I don't. Way, like, look, they presented her as like being like the business savant there it's not like she kind of was mary man. yeah this isn't mary wilson who was like ralph's you know wife whom we never saw until he died and then she came out like she wasn't running shit she was just there like hey i'm here hi like sure. like they presented her as like this big beacon of like the business side of it for both teams general on a, podcast on a, talking about it for god's sake i know you know on a, on, a, on a personal level like everyone else i you know i just obviously i hope that she makes a full recovery because I do think she had, and hopefully someday she will have, you know, more to give to uh, this community with, with sports and stuff outside of sports. Anyway, real quick here. You mentioned an article in the Buffalo News in Bill Zelvis, and I, and I have to say this, and you know me, unlike you, who's very critical, chaotic with the media, and you don't give a shit, and I don't blame you, by the way. I'm the opposite, and I admit this, and I, I freely admit this. It doesn't benefit me to be overly critical about a bunch of guys who and women who are on my show, who, for the most part, I am fond of on a personal level, in some cases professionally as well. I think do a lot of great work, and that includes a lot of people at the Buffalo News. But I will say this. The articles that they've done, the series of articles that they've done with these fans, these super fans, over the last handful of months are bullshit. I think they're terrible. I think mm-hmm. it's a waste of ink or web space, whatever you want to call it. And here's the worst part about it. Not necessarily you, but maybe you, but certainly a lot of people out there, people like Bill Zelvis, who by all accounts, and I talked to a lot of people, dude is a great dude. But when you constantly go to the same people 
the same two or three people asking them for their take, making them part of the story, bigger than the story, what they, of course, you're going to say, well, who gives a flying fuck what Bills Elvis or Kristen Kimmick or this person or that person thinks about the Bills and that they were supposed to be in Atlanta. You're making the thing, you're setting, you're putting it right on the tee for fans to start resenting this shit because it's the same people who are getting interviewed for these stories and they're treating these people who are everyday people, and they are super fans, but they're treating them like they're fucking celebrities. And there, there's no way that's not going to, if you're a normal person, it's not going to get to you at some point. And it does. And I think a lot of fans have turned on some of these people unfairly because they're constantly getting asked by the Buffalo News mainly or some other media outlets for their takes on everything. That's It's overkill and it's stupid and it's bad. That is bad journalism to me. I hate it. Look, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not big. I don't particularly care. I I've, I've cut down on me making fun of a lot of the bills of Graham influencers this season. I really did make it a point to like not make fun of it. All of them. My whole thing. And this goes back to what I just told you before, like what gets on the front page. If you have reporters, news reporters putting, I have to go and talk to bills, Elvis, and talk to the Bills Mafia Bay president. I'll talk to all these people. When there's like a story there, a serious story of like what's going on with Kim, what's going on with the business side of it, and they're using their assets towards that, towards that instead of like what's real news. That's what annoys me because it's like me too. That's because like you could have those assets going to other things. Like I wanted to know what the hell was going on with the Bills and Kim Bagula and all that. Like I wanted to because I was like, or even the stadium or whatever. Like. And, and, and I think it's a way, because these editors are clever, where it's an easy story to do. Like, you can easily call them up. They're not going to reject it. They want to get their, their publicity fine, get that. It's a lot easier to do that and turn that around than, hey, I'm going to call everyone in the Pagula's front office. I'm going to call their family friends. I'm going to call the doctors in Florida to find out what the fuck is going well, on. Well, to Who's your in charge. point. It's you a lot harder you, to you, do that. You think they run the Buffalo News. Your point was you think that PSE basically runs the Buffalo News. I wouldn't say right? run the Buffalo News, but I, I think they have influence. Influence like they heavily. Having yes, influence. They don't want to piss off. Right. But I'm saying because that sort of those stories, like you you put you push that out, that is a story that you're wasting probably an hour and a half, two hours on. Whereas if you're doing like what I just mentioned, that's going to take longer. It's easy traffic hit because you know Bill Zelvis has got a bunch of followers and the Bill's Babes handle has got a bunch of followers. You retweet that and it gets viral. Then you can tell ad agencies, yeah. like, look at this article we had. It had a, hundred, a thousand retweets. Like, give us a dollar for our freaking, for your beer That's company on I, the side of it. I agree with that. They're, they are creating celebrities by continuously going back to the same two or three people who, again, I, as far as I know, and I do know some of them personally, are good people. But you don't need to keep asking the same people every time. How does Bill Elvis feel about not being in Atlanta? How does Bill Elvis feel about Josh Allen doing this or that? It's just the same people over and over. You know, if I have you, you know, every time there's a, the story, well, let me see what Joe from Queens thinks about this. After a while, I'm like, fuck what Joe from Queens thinks. I want to hear from other people. So I don't blame them. I, I think they're being manipulated to some extent by the media. And in turn, at least some fans anyway are sick of it. It's like, all right, enough with this guy or enough with this woman, man. It's a, enough is enough. Do a better job. Just, it, it bothers me. And I do agree with you. Like, stories, don't learn stories, man. 
now, you know, special interest. And, stories, and, and the thing is, it's like, I once, get you have even a, twice. When you do it five, six, seven times in a couple months, yeah. it's like, come on already. No, it's, oh. it's, it's, it's annoying, but it's also in it, like you do that. You do those types of stories like at the beginning of the season, like you don't do it like at the end. And then it's constant. Like every I'll see a video like I'm, uh, you know, I follow like the, the the TV channels and they'll have like them on like, oh, it's just I don't know. It's like, as I said, that's why, like, again, going back to the Kim thing, like they they that is a meal ticket for all for the, those outlets. That is why I feel like it's not just that, by the way. It's not just them. It's primarily them. Though. I mean, they're the ones. There's other outlets who continuously are going to fans to more and more for well, yeah the for video. But I'm saying and, and if it's like the front page, stuff. if it's like right. the front page, and then it's like the the second block in a newscast. Like what the fuck? I that's know. why I say I, like I, I don't think that's it's it's it's. And again, look, those people want to get their their their, their fifteen minutes of fame. Like they got branding and they want to sell Bill's Elvis shirts. I don't fucking know what Elvis sells. But like, I get that, I guess. Like, you know, but like for them, but like, I don't blame any of them. These, I don't blame them at all. I it just who doesn't want a little publicity, especially if it's positive. Who doesn't? I just wish they weren't want so corny, their name out there. Who doesn't want to sure, see their name in print? You know what I'm saying? I, I just feel like yeah, kind of taking advantage, just going to the same people in the same well. And the only reason why I, I wouldn't even give a shit, if you don't like my kind of like how I feel like on Facebook or Twitter. If you don't like this person and what they have to say, don't fucking read it. Scroll on, unfriend them, mute them, block them whatever valentine's yeah. day we're taping this valentine's day this is your first valentine day married uh do you yeah. uh we're taping this late at night in fact that's we're actually now we're at the 90 minute day. mark which if anyone yeah, we're gonna here, be done and we will be the, off the year and the next the code word is, is 15 if you dm me 15 you get nothing from me anyways go ahead Did you uh how was your first married uh valentine's day i didn't well first off it was it was my it was my second married Valentine's Day, but I oh, will tell right. you what we yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I will tell you what we did because you're going to be super jealous. We oh. went out to eat. No one cares about that. We just went out to eat. Afterwards, there is a. It's kind of how can I say it? It's like a it's a it's a beer and cheese place. But basically, you walk in and it's, and you have like cheese on the run side, like you order cheese sandwiches. And on the left side, you have a cooler of beer. They have drafts. You just, it's kind of, I, I wish I could tell you, I think it, it's a little bit like fatties, which is in Buffalo. People may have heard of it, but like kind of similar vibe, except there's cheese. Anyways, we went there to play bingo and, uh, cause they had bingo night tonight. So we played bingo and I won the first game of bingo with like, there was like 20, 30 people there. I won the first bingo, which was, I won fondue of all things. That's what I won fondue. And the last game where you had to cover the entire bingo board. The wife won, and she won a fifty dollars gift card to that place. So that was our that was our and that's I asked her. I'm like, hey, do you want to play bingo? Because she loves bingo. We played bingo. We went on vacation, and I don't know. I, I'm an old man, I guess, because I, I love bingo. I think bingo's hilarious, and and it's all luck. But that's that's what we did. So it was fun. I I would implore everyone who is under whatever age you may think, oh, bingo's for my mom or my grandparents. Bingo's fun. Give it a try. And like it was, I I think. I think you should do that next week when you're with your Tyler Dunn. You guys should play bingo for the last hour of it, maybe, and just play bingo. Yeah. Bingo's awesome. I don't think that's going to happen. I brought back a quite competent. That's not going to happen. Chicken wing right. contest. Chicken wing contest. Eating all of them at once. See who can eat that. That is going to do it for this show. Follow Joe on Draft up. Get offensive wins. weapons, Brandon Bean. Sorry. I know you're in. Go ahead. Go ahead. Follow Joe on Twitter. 
do know that his opinions do not necessarily reflect oh my, my opinions at all. I thought you had some good football takes. I thought you had some really lousy media takes there at the end. I'm just keeping it real with you, bro. What media anyway, takes? I don't even know. We're, we'll talk about this out air because I don't even know. What the I'd hell rather have somebody on the podcast like you from time to time where we just sit there and we got to bicker at it and go at it. That kind of makes this show a little more fun, at least for me personally, do. But anyway, seriously, guys, thank you uh, for listening, for watching. And we'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow. It's Casual Friday with Joe's favorite person, Aaron Quinn. Uh, oh my boy! I, I was gonna ask you if you had any last words, but I don't even know if I could. Yeah, I got, I got two. Yeah, last words is, uh, is uh, Aaron Quinn. I'm, I'm coming for your spot, taking you out. That's it, Andre the Giant, the attraction here, taking you out. All right, guys, thank you. This what a fucking chaotic episode this was. All right, guys, I will see you on. Uh, actually, I'll see you tomorrow. Take care. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com